work hard until expensive becomes cheap. I don't know what that means for you, but that's for you to define. And that's a conversation starter that I have. And yes, I have it on a t-shirt, it's in my merch store, but I started running with that because they're just things you want to do. They're like, ah, just if I could afford it, but what if you could? <laughs> so keep working. Do what you got to do to make those things a reality. We dream and fantasize about them. Let's start doing the work and make it happen. Here's the million dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, grow into the men we dream of being while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation and a warm welcome to our first-time listeners. My name is Brent, and today my guest is Jasper Smith, a.k.a. Mr. Build Wealth. To talk to us about unlocking financial independence for your kids and parental cheat codes, Jasper, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Hey, Brent. Happy to be here today. Really excited about this conversation we're about to have. It's, it's going to be good, man. But uh, how are you on your Harry Potter? Are you a Harry Potter fan? No? Yeah, oh. My, my niece, my eight-year-old niece is, I could tell you nothing. I, I know nothing. Well, we start the show with a silly question. So this one happens to be, I picked them at random. In Harry Potter, the book series and the film series, Professor Dumbledore's name comes from what old English word for what creature? A, a bumblebee, B, an elephant, C, an owl, or D, a unicorn? I'll go with C. With C? Okay. Now, don't cheat people. I, I know you guys, don't don't cheat this. All right, don't pause this and go to the end and find out, that's, that's not fun. We'll remember that, C is the answer, and we'll dig into the show. Now, Jasper, in your own words, who is Jasper Smith? Jasper Smith is, he's a guy that's driven by this internal mission to disrupt generational poverty for everyone so their kids, kids, kids can live a life of privilege. I, I'm obsessed with like the language of money. I've spent my entire professional career in working in this industry and I am excited each day to get up and kind of get into the mix with people and really figure out like what's going on upstairs. Like how do we think about money and then trying to unpack or addressing the emotions that also come with it. And so I was fortunate enough to be kind of born into a family where we, we talked about money, but not, not as much as I would have liked now being in the profession. And so understand like how I grew up and, and talked about money a little bit and how that shaped my future. And then when I got out to the professional world and I had some money struggles, I want to say struggles, you got a life to live. And so I lived it. And so you start to realize like you can't sustain certain things. And, and, and me being a practitioner, I was like, figure this thing out because I can't be out here promoting this message if I'm not living the advice that I'm given. And, and so as I kind of went through my career, I stopped being a hypocrite. I mean, I would sell stuff that I didn't really believe in. And then I started realizing that I can't sustain that. And so one day I kind of have this, this moment and I'm like, Jasper, if you don't really understand it, you shouldn't be selling it. If you yourself haven't seen how these solutions fit into your life, then, then you shouldn't like be a big advocate until you really understand, or you at least do, do the part in educating people, but don't try to hard sell them. And I, I honestly, man, I used to hard sell people, Brent. It, it was like, I'm sure there are people who still don't want to talk to me just because I was kind of pushy, pushy, pushy. And at some point I was like, you know what, stop pushing. So I've become more of the, I'm going to pull you in. There's a lot of information. I don't care who you go get it from, who they look like, what they look like, where they're from. I'm going to keep pulling you in. And I, I've been pretty consistent along the way around. I'm always trying to help share the information because what would you do with the information? Like, I'm always curious about how things work. And, and why certain things are the way they are. And yet I know I'm not the only one who feels this way. Like I know a lot of your listeners are probably like, yeah, he's, he's right. There's things I've wanted to do, go do them, but at least go to like an expert to figure out it, it, the best way to go about doing it. And especially with social media now, which I love, 
I mean, people are just going to people. They're following people. Don't really care about their credentials. It looks good. The video's good. They sound sexy. Right. It pops. And then you're like, so you, you you made all these investments into their program. Did it get the results? And if so, great system. Whatever system you adopt, if it works for you, it's an incredible system. But my experience has taught me that people have just spent money on a lot of things, not just financial stuff, and have gotten zero results. So yeah. I, I said, you know what? I'm going to stay in my lane. And I've learned o- over time that I've got to continue to stay true to who I am. I care about seeing people do the the right thing. Okay. I care about people having a game plan and I've kind of made that my life's work on like, I got to live it, but I also got to keep trying to inspire people to go do the work. Well, leaning into that, tell us about the build wealth movement. Yeah. So this came about, I actually gotten fired from a job. You know, you can do your best thinking when you have time on your hands. So had nowhere to go. And I'm sitting around thinking, what can I do? And I was, I was heavy on Twitter at the time. This was 2010, 2011, heavy on Twitter. And I would just read an article and I was like, you know what? I know somebody needs to read this too, not just me. So I would like just post the link and then it was the hashtag build wealth. And I literally did that for a whole year. Don't know how many people read it. I didn't have thousands of followers, but I was just like, I felt good that I was trying to help. And so literally it just, I watched some video and it talked about how you start a movement. And I was like, great, I've been using this hashtag and I'm just going to make it a movement. And I'm going to try to form this army of people who will go on this journey with me. I'll be the general, I'll lead, but I'm going to lead by giving you enough education to help you along the way. And no matter where you are on your Bill Wolf journey, I know I can help, maybe directly or indirectly. So I started doing a lot of volunteer work with nonprofits. I was trying to just really speak all that I could on a number of financial planning related topics. And it just kind of, you know, I I just kept doing it. You know, I I was trying to do consultations for people. I was talking to families and I was like, this is fun. Like this is better than me just selling financial stuff. I mean, I'm licensed to do insurance and investment business, but I was finding that I was getting through the people when I was just serving as the consultant or the coach or the counselor versus Jasper, the insurance salesperson, Jasper, the, the wealth manager, investments person, retirement guy. I was just like, I was like, I was a human being. I was like your brother, your cousin, we were hanging out at happy hour, but we could talk money. And I, I kind of had this kind of casual, I, le- I usually bring a little bit of humor because we got to just like kind of laugh at some of the stuff that we've done financially. Like you've done it. I've done it. Everybody's done it. You, you've made some, I'll say some choices (laughs) and you've got a story to tell. And and, and the the key is how do we kind of limit some of the the, the things that aren't helping us and maximize the things that will get us to those milestones, to that financial freedom, that financial independence. I'm all for having fun, Brent. Like I want you to live your life. You got one life to live. I'm all about YOLO, but all my YOLO people, what if you make it to 60? to 70, to 80, technology's getting better, healthcare's getting better. So just in case you live to be old and crusty and wrinkly, are you gonna have something to show for it? Now, I am not gonna get old and crusty and wrinkly. I'm gonna look the exact same as 65 like I look right now. Y'all pay attention. Maybe I'll have a few more grays in the beard, but it's gonna look just like this at 65. And that's how I trick myself into believing that I will stay forever young. (laughs) Now, let me ask you, Jasper, do you still do this? with articles because I'm pretty sure I've seen the build wealth hashtag on Twitter. Yeah. So not as much as I used to. So honestly, the hashtag itself got sick. So at the time, nobody was using it. You're talking like me and like five other people, more people in real estate use build the hashtag now more, more, more okay. people. And I realized that I couldn't trademark it because by the time <laughs> I thought about trademarking, I was reading about bigger companies who tried to trademark soda, you know, common phrases and words. It's very hard to to legally catch people because there are too many people who will use it. So I said, it's cool. I've trademarked disrupt generational poverty. That's all me. I've trademarked the Bill Wealth Movement because I wanted to protect that intellectual property. But the hashtag Bill Wealth once I started doing research, I was a little late to the game. I wish I would have had the foresight to think about maybe using something a little more unique, 
but it's literally how I got my start. Hey, everybody's going to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's all good. Now, see, the next couple of questions are, are going to be like, if you can nail these, you're great. All okay. right. Okay. So what's one thing you like to do that people might think is odd or strange? Like I, I have to eat hamburgers in the round. Like I, I, I can't, like I, I actually spin it as I eat and eat the middle last. It's, it's almost like a neurotic thing for me. All right. So I put my belt through the loops before I put my pants on most days. Okay. Okay. What is one talent you have that some people might think is silly? Are you a closet kazoo expert or yo-yo champion? I'm not. So hidden talent. I don't try to what, what do I do? Dang. Can I come back to this one? Yes, yeah, yeah, we can come back to that. <laughs> what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you made in the last year that's had the biggest impact on your life? That wasn't any purchase for me. Actually, yeah, it was. I purchased a card for a client and I mailed it. Old school, wrote out a note inside the card, mailed it to her. And she read it and called me and said, you understand that it's the simple things in life that matter. She was going through a rough patch. And I literally was like $5 card, handwritten note. And I had an error in it. So I had like... it. So it was funny. And she saw that she was like, but it took you time to do that. And so you care enough about me to take the time to not just do an e-card or send, you know, it was like you physically got a card and she, she thought the world of me just because I took the time to mail her a card. That's awesome. Awesome. What is one random fact about you that people should know? <laughs> that they don't? I, yeah. I pitched a game. I was a college athlete, played baseball. I pitched a game and I won and I was hungover <laughs> to be young again. Right. Oh, the days. What is something about you that everybody should absolutely know before we dig into the real subject of this show? Know that I actually care. Okay. I I'm, I'm from the South. I'm from North Carolina. Like I I'm a Southern boy at heart. Although I live on the West coast now, it's it's ingrained in me that southern upbringing it's it's legit like it's not fake i didn't create it i lost my southern draw because i've been out of the south for so long but it is still and i, I kind of wish i still had it to some degree but uh, i genuinely care okay we got a vet that you're from north carolina here is it red coleslaw or white coleslaw white white now, anybody who hasn't been in North Carolina will not understand that. But I, I did some work. I spent a couple months working in North Carolina, uh, putting in a site over in uh, Kings Mountain area. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I had never seen red coleslaw. And the locals there were like, dude, no, this is how we eat it here. I'm like, what? what, what is this? So if you're in North Carolina, you got to go to the right parts of North Carolina, but you're going to have an option. Or you yeah. might not, depending on which side you're in. Yeah, yeah. All right, guys, we're beginning to know Jasper a little bit, just to know who we're talking to and understand him a little better. And the next part of the show, we're going to dive into financial planning for parents and why you should already be thinking about that. And right now, we're going to roll to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more from Jasper. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we're getting to know Jasper Smith a little bit. And in this part of the show, we're going to dive into 
financial planning for parents and financial IQ. Now, Jasper, in your experience, right, you, you work with people and help people work on their finances. What's the average level of financial understanding among most of the people you run into? Would you call it high, low, good understanding, not so good? I'm not asking for judgment, just what you yeah. do. <laughs> I'd say not so good. Okay. I, no. I think it's fair, right? Yeah. Do you have a theory on why financial education isn't more prevalent in school? I know it's not something I was taught growing up in school. Yeah. Do you they don't they don't want it there? The, the powers that be don't want it there. And I only know this from experience. I've tried. I've tried to work with some different school systems. And again, I'm, I'm sure there's some out there across the country that actually adopt financial literacy curriculums. But I I ran into a young lady who was on a school board and she told me she was like, if it's not around math and reading and test scores, mm -hmm. we're probably not going to do it. I said, it's like, yo, what? Reading math and test, she was, and she was dead serious. She was like, there may be other parts in the country that may, may do things. But I was like, so y'all can get people to get jobs. They're going to earn money and then not know what to do with it. Am yeah, I missing something? So, you know, there's no law. There's, there's some laws now in certain states where they're requiring some minimal level of financial literacy prior to graduating high school. You would think, why is that not a mandate in all 50? Yeah. Who am I? I, who am I don't I? understand why we don't teach, like, how to... I, I think I have one class where they kind of introduced the concept of a checkbook, but I never had a class that taught me about a 401k yep. or about retirement in any kind or investing or, you know, anything I actually use on a regular basis. Wait, wait, Brent, a checkbook. What is that? Stop, stop. I know I'm old. Sorry, sorry. You're dating yourself. I, yeah. I had a kid. I, I've done a lot of youth talks and youth <laughs> workshops. The kid's like, what's a check, Mr. Smith? I'm like, uh, there's this thing. You know, in lottery, and you always, I say, do you remember the lotto thing? They always remember lotto stuff from like TV. The big <laughs> check. They're like, oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Pe people used to write them. Are the, are the big like award shows where they like hand somebody a a check yep. winning like you know whatever singer yep yeah right? <laughs> yeah man it, it's it hurts me because i know that's the issue but it, it's not just money just think about like school now doesn't people don't know how to cook well, oh. where's the home ec class you can't even i, I can go i can go on for hours about that that's <laughs> so, that's a huge pet peeve so, <laughs> i grew up in a house my mom had to teach she was like you need to learn how to cook because you like to eat Okay, mm -hmm. you you need to learn how to do some basic meals because there are a lot of people, men and women, who just they are afraid of the stove. It's just heat, y'all. A little heat cooks stuff. You're gonna burn some stuff. You're gonna mess up an, a, a recipe, but that's the fun part and the joy of cooking. Oh, and yeah. people are like, all I know how to do is order, hit a button, hit a button. So so it's hard for me with the with the financial part where it's like there are a lot of life skills that aren't in our formal education system yeah yeah i would agree and it's i i think it's setting us up in a bad way which is why i think as parents we need to step up right mm -hmm. now i had a debit now i'm, I'm gonna date myself more I'm, I'm 43 all right i had a devastating discovery when i turned 40. i got this email from my company about our 401k program Mm -hmm. and I thought, hey, I should look at that. I've been here like six years. I've never looked at that. I should look at that, right? And I logged in, and apparently my former company, my rollover 401k went to the same, uh, I don't know what you call them, broker. Yep, same provider. Yep. And so when I got there, it's like, oh, that's cool. And I'm like, what is SPACs, right? So I'm looking at this rollover 401k, and I realized that I've had thousands of dollars sitting in a cash fund, which if you're listening, your money's safe, but it ain't going to do nothing for you, right? No one ever told me I had to go reinvest my 401k, right? Honestly, at that point to me, a 401k was something they said in the job interview. And as somebody who hires people, I know I say it in job interviews, 
right? When I worked for, in the corporate world. But I, I, it was like this devastating realization of, wait, I had to do something. What about all my other 401ks that are out there? Because I know I had more sitting out there, right? And so this started as just spiral of me having this dawning idea of, I had no idea how much I didn't know about money and finances. And here, and, and that's at 40 years old, which is terrifying. He's like, I've been making money since I was, I, I started working when I was like 15 or 16. I think I was 16. Mm-hmm. And I've got 20 plus years of this is doing nothing. Can I even find all these? Like I started freaking out and trying to hunt down my 401ks. Do you find that this is like a common reaction with some of the people you work with? Absolutely. And, and when, and when they have that, that moment, like you were just describing, it's like, then they get upset at the job at their, but then they start getting mad at everybody. Why didn't y'all tell me? And, and, and this is why, and partly when I wrote my book, I was joking one day that I said, I wish that when companies onboard a new employee, they just hand them my book and, and they'll understand that you've got to do a lot of things aside from just your job. And nobody, I'm not gonna say nobody. There are very few people when they get that job that they actually read through the benefits, like read them and understand what they're doing versus button click. Got it. 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 They don't look at it again until the next year's enrollment period. And I did the same thing at 21 when I finished college. Like I was like, I got a job. I did know about the 401k. That's the only thing I did know, (laughs) but I didn't know about any of the other benefits. And these, and these are, common occurrences for people when you get that job of any sort you're like i got benefits but what does that mean and you shouldn't i will hope more people don't don't have that you know aha moment at 40 versus i had the aha at 23 and i was like oh 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 right great it was just me at the time and you're talking you know people in their 40s a lot of them have kids you've worked multiple jobs you're like how did i not know this they didn't tell you. Nobody told you this was important. This was one of those life skills that, hey, there's going to be a day where you're going to need to know about all these things. But what if we just exposed them to you early enough in life to where you knew this is what you were supposed to do? Kind of like people feel like I have to go to school to get a job. For real? <laughs> I got to get into debt to maybe get a job that can't help me pay off the debt. Mm-hmm. But they told you you got to get a job. I mean, I still have people who think that you have to have a degree. A degree, it helps. It's useful. But too many of my clients have debt, and, and a lot of them didn't even graduate. Mm-hmm. So you took out debt, and now you're mad that you have it, and you didn't even get the job or the, you know, you didn't get, you didn't get what you needed. as You didn't get a good return on that investment. Let me say that. I'm yeah. all for borrowing money. But what did you get for borrowing that money? Right. No, it's uh, I'm and, and my wife is cheering in the background. Ne- neither of us went to school. Uh, she would have liked to. I didn't go to school because I knew that I would waste money. I knew I, I wouldn't yeah. like go if no one made me. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to go like take out student loans to go to something. I'm going to end up failing out because I didn't do the work. Or I didn't go to class. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I. I, I had at least that self-actualization, right? So I, I went into looking for fields where I could learn other ways. But mm-hmm. yeah, so many people get, and I, I don't understand why universities can call themselves universities and offer programs that will never pay a bill, right? Why you can graduate with a degree that ne- has no hope of ever even making you money. I, I'm all for doing what you love doing, but... Uh, and, and and so, Brent, this is when, you know, I think this is how we connect it when we're talking about, like, why parents can do more for their children. Because here's the reality. Let's say you didn't want to go to school, but you had a trust fund or your parents had a huge real estate portfolio paying out, you know, income. So, so then you could pursue a career that isn't going to pay you much because you had such a great start mm-hmm. that you making money is kind of like, secondary all right it's probably even lower than that you just you want to be busy doing something you love and yeah the paycheck is nice but you got so much money that that paycheck it it just it isn't the biggest need which is the opposite for most of us where we're like i want the biggest paycheck 
and then you work some job where you're miserable. I got clients that make hundreds of thousands, hate their job. But having that paycheck and those benefits keeps their lifestyle in order. Whatever that lifestyle is, because most of them would prefer, like it's always like, well, I work in tech, but I'd love to be an artist. Okay. So do you do art on the weekends? Do you do like flea markets? Do you do trade? Like, do you do something else to help fulfill you? Because I think you have one life to live and it should be fulfilled versus, and this is what scared me in my twenties when I first got into the industry, I would talk to people who were, let's call it 65 plus, And they would say, I wish I'd have done this when I was your age. It was always, I wish. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to wish. I'm just going to do it. And then when I'm old and I'm on, if I'm on my deathbed and they say, well, well, Jasper, did you do what you set out to do? Yes. I tried everything. I learned some lessons. I figured out what worked, what didn't, but I didn't go through life. And then cringe, you didn't try it. Or yep. you work for 30, 40 years, and then you're like, well, I'm going to do what I'm really passionate about. In you old. You ain't got the energy. Come on. Who we, who we playing with here? Like, so, so that's so I know money's a part of that, Brent. But this is why I'm, I'm like, yo, we got to do better with our finances because then that opens us up for more freedom. Like wealthy kids just do whatever they want. They work menial jobs. They work at a cafe that the mom or dad or the family owns. They're just kind of there, but they're happy. Don't you want happiness? Because last time I checked, everybody wants happiness. I don't know what that equates to in a dollar amount, but everybody wants to be happy. They want to take care of their kids. They want to go on a few trips. They want to have a little bit of freedom. You know, they want to go see Beyonce wherever she's performing because Beyonce taking everybody money, including my wife's. But I was like, baby, just go. I don't care what city out of the country. I don't care. Just go. And we should be able to make those decisions relatively easy. But it's a struggle for us to kind of really enjoy life. And we're always kind of chasing that dollar. Well, people get confused these days about what they want. Everybody thinks they want to make more money. No, they don't want to make more money. They want that money to allow them to make the choices they'd like to make. Yeah. Right. So I've got a couple really serious questions for you because we have to talk about the downer side of this just a little bit. How realistic are most people's dreams of retirements without making massive changes right now? And for some of us, it may be too late. The average retirement age is 67 these days. How realistic is it for most people to think they're actually going to be able to stop working? It's slim. Okay. Without making some huge sacrifices to your quality of life, it's, it's going to be extremely challenging, like almost impossible for some. And I hate to kind of say that, but it's what am I willing to sacrifice now that I didn't sacrifice for these past 30, 40 years? And I, and I have to have that talk. And I do have clients who are in their 70s and they're like, you know, I'm just going to work so I'm dead. And I'm like, are you comfortable? Have you like come to grips with that? Yeah. And, and some have they understand that they made some choices and the ones who can come to grips, I love them because they just laugh. They're like, man, I lived. So they don't feel like they cheated life. So they're okay sacrificing kind of their golden years to work because they part. One of my clients, she was like, yo, I party from 20 to 50. And she had like three or four kids. And I was like, yo, she was like, Jasper, I ain't go to, I didn't do anything illegal, but I understood that I could have done a better job, but she wasn't dwelling on the past. So for, so for those who feel like it's too late, it's not. You still breathe it. Let's figure something out. Okay. Realistically, can parents start making a major difference for their kids right now so the kids don't have to worry about it as much later? Yes. What is stopping most parents from doing that? Fear. I'm afraid to do something different than what my family did for me. I'm almost afraid to try. That's a scary to me. Just try it. Do something that your parents didn't do and watch how it works. But also I think it's, we don't have the example. So because there's no example that we can like touch. So forget social media, forget the people you, you don't know, forget me. Just, you don't, you don't know anybody in your circle who's done it. And that scares people. So you've literally got to be maybe the outlier 
and, and change the the way the family moves and the way the family thinks about taking care of the future generations. For some, honestly, they just don't know what to do. Okay. They, they never got the memo that they should be doing some things for their kids to set them up. Or when they get the memo, they've, they've literally, <laughs> time has gone by and time is the equalizer, right? And so we, again, feel like, well, I waited so long, why should I even try? So you almost get this kind of defeatist mentality where if you didn't do it when you were supposed to, stops you from doing it now. And, and literally people think that way. They think, well, if I didn't do it then, why should I do it now? And then I say, look, look at that little kid in your in their face. Is, is it worth it to them? I mean, I'm on my first kid. She's 10 months and I, I don't need any more motivation. Like little girl says, daddy, get it together. Whatever getting it together means for you, just look at your kid now. Like maybe when they're awake, when they're asleep, just like you looking in that, I'm a different dude. So, so 10 months ago, I was like, oh, it's still in my wife's stomach. So we're not really here. But when that thing comes out, you're like, get it together. Whatever that means for you, swallow that pride, swallow the ego, you know, get vulnerable, start asking for help. That's when it starts to change. Like, I'm not a therapist, man, but I joke. I'm a financial therapist someday. Let's, let's uh, lay down on my couch and tell me where it hurts. Tell me what happened to you. And do you want that same reality for your children? Because you can make a difference literally today. Just decide you're going to do something different. And I'll give you the blueprint. The internet can give you the blueprint. But you got to do something different. <clears throat> I have two. And trust me, yeah, I, 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 I. I understand what you're saying. It changed everything about how I was doing anything. Yeah. Now, guys, we've been talking about the state of finance and financial parent planning for parents, how a lot of us didn't. We, we just didn't. We didn't know we were supposed to. We weren't taught we were supposed to. Uh, when I had my moment, I thought, wow, my dad didn't teach me this. And I thought about it. It's like, my dad didn't know any of this, though. So, you know, it's, it's not even that. It's just, we're not taught this. In the next part of the show, guys, we're going to dive into some parental cheat codes uh, and how you can start to lay the foundation for your children to be financially independent and free and live a life that you didn't even think of. We're going to roll to our sponsor and we will be right back with more from Jasper. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys, I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast. Like I passionately love what I'm doing. And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like Grow Your Show. Grow Your Show is a one-stop podcast do it all. Now, I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you. I guarantee it. I trust him, he's my friend, he's my business colleague, and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. All right guys, we're back. And earlier in the show, we're discussing you know financial planning and just the state of financial IQ for most people, uh, how we as parents actually have the power to start changing the cycle in our children's lives. In this part of the show, we're going to get into some parental cheat codes that Jasper's gonna share with us for unlocking financial independence for your kids long before your kids can ever even really start to worry about it. I'm really excited about this part of the show. I want to I, I want to grade myself a little here, to be honest, because I started working with my kids on their financial IQ after I started educating myself. And I want to see what I might have missed and what where else I can go with it. And I encourage you to pause the show right now, unless you're driving, obviously, and get a notebook and a pen and take notes. As Jasper's going to share some cheat codes for us as parents to help our kids get started off right take notes and make this a plan guys how you can help them start their journey to financial independence right now today and we're going to go right into it jasper what's the first cheat code bank account gotta have it and, their and bank honestly, account our bank account say again their bank account like individually yep yep I mean, the parent, your name is going to be on it, but they got to have the bank account. And honestly, most parents have done that. Like when I engage, I'm saying, what, what have you done? I'll say, what are we doing for the babies? Bank account. Whether it's at a bank or your credit union, you got to have it. It's just, it starts that relationship. 
because at some point when the child gets the account, they will literally internalize, oh, I own something, money, I have an asset. It plays on their psyche. And there was some study I read years ago that was like kids that have bank accounts, just having one dictates their future success versus kids who don't. Just by having a relationship with the financial institution. Uh, the savings account, I always say it's the safest option. So birthdays, holidays, special occasions, just money when it comes in, that's the easy bucket that most parents have already done. So I do very little coaching on that one because most people have done it. <clears throat> okay. What's the next one? Where we go? Life insurance. Oh, Jasper, my, I don't want my kid to die before me. I don't either. But I've known that, you know, parents, unfortunately, where if, if a child has predeceased the parent, does the parent have the money to take care of those final expenses? I mean, that, that's literally one issue I've seen happen in certain communities where an accident happens. But that's not why we're doing it. That, that's one of the reasons. But the also is because as people grow up and need life insurance, they tend to wait until they're a little too old or they're not as healthy as it used to be. And it costs them a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Unless the child has some issues shortly after they're born, babies are healthy. So if I'm healthy and I'm young, it's going to be affordable. So you lock in your child's future insurability. You're just getting it. You're getting ahead of, of, of life is going to happen and they're going to want the house, the kids and all that. They're going to need life insurance. And so the key is, it, and it has to be a permanent life insurance policy. So you cannot get term on a child. Now I say permanent because there's a lot that fall under the permanent category. And I, I talk to my clients about which one makes the most sense for you, but a permanent policy, just do it. It's, it's super affordable. If you want to get, you know, fancy and add a little bit more money than, than the policy needs. It looks even better. Uh, so, so again, there, there's <laughs> a lot of different types. Some people will say whole life, there's universal, there's variable universal. There, again, to, to each person, you got to figure out which one of those permanent policies fits you. So that's another conversation, but getting the life insurance is helpful because the reality is I got clients now who need the insurance, aren't healthy. And they're like, why does it cost so much? I was like, well, you weren't always this old. Even if you're 30, you were once 20. <laughs> you were once 23, 24. You just got that job, but nobody told you to do this now. So it's always this, you're going to pay for it. You can get something through your job and that's fine, but too many people get laid off and then lose the life insurance. So, so, so think about how much further ahead your child will be if they decide to be an entrepreneur and don't get life insurance through their job, boom, you've already taken care of the need. Isn't that, isn't that kind of cool? I think it is. You I, already have taken something off of their to-do list earlier in their life. How dope would that be if every parent just did that? So I joke, Brent, this, this is a bad joke, but I joke. I said, if my daughter grows up and becomes morbidly obese, starts smoking crack, she's still gonna have life insurance because her daddy and mommy got it when she was itty, itty bitty. And people are like, why are you so extreme? Because that's what life happens. People grow up and they their lifestyle gets out of control and their health just is awful. And insurance will cost you more if you're not healthy. Most not people are all. healthy. Right. I, I've, seen, I've seen people get turned down because it's like, nope. You're too old and your lifestyle sucks and you made too many bad choices and like no one will insure them. Guys, I got to laugh and share with you right now. Go ahead, go ahead. As, as Jasper is sharing, okay, I know this is ringing in with some of you guys because my wife is literally taking notes and asking questions in the chat as we're going. Because I know she's taking notes right now while we're having this conversation. And so I know this is beneficial, guys. Uh, seriously. Take the notes, bookmark this episode, whatever you need to do. But right, there is a mom who is engineering this, who is taking notes about financial choices we need to go look into after we get done with the show. And so this is this is real. You can do this and you can change your child's lives from the get-go to set them up to have a better life than you ever thought was possible for yourself. 
And I think as parents, we all want that. I, I just had to share it because it was funny because I'm watching him as we're recording this answer the question. And I'm watching my wife ask questions to take him a little further, a little further, because this is what she wants to know. Yeah. Uh, Jasper, you're doing a great job answering Sarah, by the way. Yes. So, so let me let me let me finish up the shirts really, really quick. Yeah, yeah. Here's the other thing, too. So uh, years ago, I had a client who they had a family history of breast cancer and my client had a daughter. It scared the crap out of her. She was like, auntie had it, grandma. I mean, she was like, there's a chance. I mean, she's the probability of her getting it scared her so much. She was like, you're uninsurable if you have any type of cancer. And so she just did it as a way to, again, in case this ever happens in her daughter's life, her daughter will always have some coverage. Like that is what I talk about disrupting generational poverty. You know that there's a family member who got some disease, became uninsurable, died, and now the family has an issue of trying to figure out how to plan and, you know, the whole, how do you plan for somebody to die? Well, having a lot of money helps with the planning, just so you know. Yeah. So the family isn't burdened. So it, the kid thing, I mean, people, they're like, Jasper, there are better options. I didn't say it was the only option. I'm, I'm giving y'all the codes. Do all of them. So, all right, let me let me focus. All right, bank account. <laughs> Life insurance. It's got to be a permanent policy. Okay. Third one, I'll say an investment account. And it could be the 529, which is specifically for post-secondary education, or it could be the, the I'll give the, the, the short version, the UGMA or UTMA custodial account. I'll let your listeners look those up. UTMA, UGMA. You need to have something that's in the markets and that's going to be aggressive because your child is so young and we need to maximize the dollars we put in. So kind of like you mentioned with your 401k being in cash, Mm-hmm. You're not doing yourself a, a great service by only having the bank account because it's never going to grow ever. It'll be there, but it's not going to grow. The investment account, that's the growth bucket. We want to, we want, we're, we're trying to hit a home run every time at the plate. I'm trying to hit home runs. The market's going to go down. I don't care. I'm still trying to hit the home run. The market's going to go up. More. Still trying to hit the home. So, and that's the whole key, right? And you keep adding money. So now we've got, if it's the 529 specifically for college or post-secondary education, great. If it's the custodial account, great. But now we've got something that's only focused on growth for that little one. So you got to have the investment account, be it the 529 or the custodial account. Uh, I've actually talked about on this on this show uh, because I have custodial accounts for both my children. Mm-hmm. And part of the money they make from their business plus money that we put into it goes in there. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. When I found out I could do that for my kids, I was like, yes. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to throw money into a savings account for them. I'm like, no, 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 they got time. We're going to throw this into investments. And I have these conversations with my kids. Like my kids actually understand somewhat about stocks. We talk about capital gains versus dividends versus all kinds, right? We are having these great conversations with my 11-year-old winning they are going to be a problem for the real world because they understand the language of money and their friends and this is it's going to happen to your kids their friends are like what are y'all talking about and it won't really click into their you know adults and say oh my god you've been talking about this your whole life yeah that's why we're so much further ahead than you that's why that's why that's why we live the way we live because it was ingrained in our family structure to talk about this just like you talk about sports and entertainment let's talk about money mm-hmm that's it. It should be just that casual, but it's not. So the investment account, I don't care which one you choose. Pick one, pick both. You determine what you want. If it's school, great, 529. If it's something other than school, custodial. If you're like, we want to do both, do both. There's no law that says you can't do both. See, see we, we live in these little silos. I got to do this or this or this. Or this. Wealthy people do all these things, y'all. All of them. All right, bank account, bank account, life insurance, investment account. The fourth one, add your child as an authorized user to your credit card. Let's start Let's start building their credit right now. Why are we waiting? The, the law says at 18, 
you can get your own credit. You can apply to do it on your own. Who said we couldn't let them ride our coattails for those first 18 years and give them an incredible, well, hopefully incredible history. That's doable for everybody. We've all got that one credit card you probably don't even use where you're like, yeah, I just, I buy one purchase to keep it active. Pick that one. You'll never get into trouble. You won't jeopardize your kid's future. But if your kid, my daughter, started two months. So just so you know, Brent, all the things I just shared, my daughter had them all at two months because that's the day we got her social security card in the mail. And I told my wife, I said, the day that thing comes in the mail, all the accounts are getting opened up. And they did. It was a Thursday. Never going to forget it. Got the card, opened up all the accounts. Love it. So I didn't, I didn't have to, you can, you can start day one, two, three. The, the goal is if we did all of these in those first three months after the child, because the mom is on maternity leave. She not doing nothing. This is the perfect time. You're laying around resting and enjoying this new, this new life. And when that baby goes to sleep, let's get that account opened up. Let's add, let's just go ahead and do it because when life gets back to normal, this is why people blow the 18-year head start. Oh, I'm going to get to it later. No, you had some time where you were doing nothing, just enjoying your life. That would have been the perfect time to start. So this, this credit piece, people are like, but, but my child doesn't need a credit card. They don't ever have to get one. You're just adding them to your account. So my daughter, and I got five other kids on the same one credit card. I got six kids on it. Uncle Jasper is doing numbers and wonders for these kids that I love. And these are my daughter, my niece, my nephew, and then three of one of my best friend's kids, all three of her kids. And at some point, we're going to have to talk. When you get a job of any sort and make an income, I'm going to physically give them the card at that point mm -hmm. with the training manual. Hey, what do you like buying? Great. Go buy it. Use the card. When the bill comes, Uncle Jasper and you are going to have a meeting. You owe Uncle Jasper $20. Well, why Uncle Jasper? Because I got to pay this bill. Now, that is a real life thing that's going to happen with my niece, my nephew, my friend's kids, my daughter. So, so then they can't say, well, I got that credit card because of the offer and the rewards and I, I got into trouble. No, there, there's never going to be trouble. You always are going to have, your, your credit is going to be A1 from day one because of me. I am being intentional about what's not going to happen in their lives. They're going to have issues with money. They're going to blow some money like daddy did and mommy does, but it's not going to jeopardize our whole household. It's not going to, you know, we're not going to ruin our entire lives because we're going to have a little fun. But those cheat codes are legit. And you know how I know them? Because my parents did three out of the four for me and my older brother. Now I have an older sister. They weren't hip to the game yet. So everybody who's listening right now, you probably got a kid. You're like, man, we, I wish we would have known this late, earlier. Yeah, we all do. We all wish we could go back and do things over, but we can't. So where are you at today? Just do it. Don't wait until next week. Everybody knows a cousin that sells insurance. Call them today. Call them right now. Hey, man, I heard this guy talk about life insurance policy on the kid. They're going to ask you, who told you that? Because nobody, you're not going to see that on CNBC, MSNBC, CNN. You're not going to see that. Hey, hey, everybody in the world, take out insurance on your kid. It's a great thing to do. You're not going to see it. Aside from the Gerber Grow Up plan, which is not a great plan, by the way. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you're getting something out of this, which I have no doubt you are, because I'm getting stuff out of this. My wife's taking notes while we're doing this interview. Do that good social media nonsense, okay? Click the like, leave a thumbs up, whatever product, whatever platform you're on, because I'm on every stinking platform. Uh, leave us a review. But you know what? Share this with a friend. Yeah. Please, please. Over leaving me a like, share this with a friend. Help make a difference in someone's lives. Jasper, yeah. we, we've already established these are cheat codes, right? If somebody is just starting out right they they hear this and it resonates with them and they're like man i i don't know where to even begin like finances are terrifying much less thinking about my finances and my kids finances what are the first three steps our implement our listeners need to listen to start moving into a healthy journey 
with their finances for them for the family first thing write down two or three things you want to work on now you don't need me you don't need any, just two or three things that you really that 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 are keeping you up at night that are bothering you that you want to really get a move on you've got to do that first because then you'll understand like what potential next steps might be so so two or three things write them down two or three things from a financial planning perspective that you want to work on today moving forward i need two or three you do more than two or three you won't get them you won't get them done so two or three. Second thing you got to identify somebody to help you so you got to ask the question to yourself are you willing to allow someone to help you i know you can go online click a few buttons and get things done but you need an expert. It could be me, it could be your cousin, it could be your friend, it could be anybody in your local community, wherever you live. Just, you've got to have it. There are experts like me who do this every day. So I try to do what's in my best interest for all of my clients. No matter how they come in to me, it's the same process. I need to know two or three things we're trying to work on. Are you willing to allow someone to help you? And if you actually say no to that, that's okay. <laughs> it's okay if you don't want to get the help, but the wealthiest people that I have encountered in life all have people they work with. And I say people, it's not one person that's going to help them do everything. So I do a few things for my clients and then I build what I call the money team. So you need this money team, but you got to be willing to allow someone to help you. You will not figure it all out by watching YouTube videos. You, you just won't work with an expert. The third thing you have to do is execute. So you can read, watch videos, go to webinars, go to workshops, but ultimately you got to make a decision and move. There's somebody listening right now. There was something you didn't get done in 2022, 2021, 2020, and you just kept saying, I'm going to get to it later. It's later, y'all. Have we gotten it done? So we've got to execute. All right. right. So you got to write those two or three things down. You got to seek out some help and then you got to execute. Jasper, what's next for Jasper Smith? I'm going on a world tour. I don't know when this tour is going to start, but this parent cheat code conversation, it's near and dear to me because I actually have a child. See, it was all theory before. Hey, y'all, this is good for your kids, but I ain't got none. This is good for your grandkids, but I ain't got none. I got one now, y'all. Oh, this is real life for me. So this isn't me just theoretically telling you do these cheat codes. No, I've done them. I've already written about them. And I just got to continue to share this message. I need millions of people to do those cheat codes and then call me in 18 years. And let's just laugh at how awesome our kids are. They're going to the schools they want. We're funding the businesses they want. We're not making the excuse about why they can't do things. I hate when parents say, I wish I could have done this for my kids. Well, that falls on you, mom and dad. That falls on you, auntie, godmama, godparent, grandpa, grandma. Like it's a family thing. So it's not just you as the parent. It takes a village to raise a child is what I was always told. The village needs to be put on notice that we need money and we need a plan to take care of these babies. So I don't know when it's going to pop for me, Brent. But when you see it, you can be like, you told me. And I, I'm I'm a financial planner, y'all. I sell stuff every day. But this is what's going to make me the guy. And I'm like, man, this dude's real. I'm a real dude. Real dude living in America. Just being intentional. That's it, y'all. I'm not smarter than you. I'm just being intentional because I've listened. I've watched. I've learned what doesn't work. There's only a few things we got to do. And then once we get past those, life ends up being a little bit easier. You still gonna have issues, but it won't be financial. Where's the best place for people to find you, Jasper? Check me out at thebuildwealthmovement.com. Everything I do, this I'm on there. I've written articles. You know, you'll see how I, the way I'm talking and addressing the audience now. This is how I roll. But I, you see, I asked the question on the website. Are you ready? If you're not, that's okay. Call me next week. Call me in six months. Call somebody. Again, everybody in their family probably has someone or a friend who sells insurance, who's worked at a bank, 
we, we, we have all these professionals within an arm's reach, but we don't talk to them. And they're experts. They were at your house this past weekend. They were at your, 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 your kid's birthday party. Like, just start asking. Like, here's how intentional I'm going to be and how I am. So this is a real story. So I have a birthday party to go to tomorrow. So one of my good friends, she's also a client. She has a two-year-old. We've already said her, they've done the cheat codes. They're, they're good. So she asked the other friend, she said, hey, how can I contribute to their college account? And the friend says, we don't have it. The friend who has the kid, the, the party tomorrow. So my friend, the client calls me and says, hey, they don't have an account. I've already told her she needs to do an account for the girl. They're twins. They're turning one. So when I go to the party tomorrow, although I know this information, I'm going to go in, give her a hug and say, hey, so where can Uncle Jasper and Auntiana contribute to their college fund? That's how intentional you got to be. I'm not bringing a box. I'm not bringing an envelope. I'm just, you know, I'm probably going to cash app them. Hey, they got, is the account ready? Oh, it's not. We should probably talk. And this is another good friend of ours. So when I think about how intentional will you be? The village is going to know my daughter wants money. Don't send us clothes, none of that. Just ask us first where her accounts are. And in the rare, give me the money. Give my wife the money. But we have got to be intentional. So a lot of the stuff, again, that I promote is about just doing something a little bit different. You know, you got to be ready to do this work. You got to think about things that you didn't have. Can you begin to work on those things so that the next generation or two or three generations won't have these same struggles, these same issues, these same challenges? What if? What if my daughter grows up and wants to be a teacher in the middle of nowhere? Great. She's going to have plenty of money. Work your job, baby. Go do it. You want to go backpack in Europe or Africa or South Enjoy yourself. Go find yourself. You got money. You can go do that. You can go explore. You want to be an artist? Whether it's, you know, you want to go to Hollywood, you want to be a musician. Great. Go to auditions. Work on your craft. Stay out late at clubs. Like you got to live that life. But you won't need the money to cover your rent. <laughs> You'll have food money. So until you book that gig. So, so you see how you give your child options. I don't have to go to school if I don't want to. I don't have to take a job if I don't want to. I don't have to. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just, I don't have to do things. I still got, we have to do stuff as parents. But wouldn't it be nice to tell your kids that, what do you want to do? And know that, yeah, that's actually, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yeah, we can right? do that. For real, daddy? Yeah, baby. For real. Now, guys, if this is resonating with you, okay, and you're like me, like like I said, I hit 40 and freaked out because, like, I know nothing, okay? If this is resonating you, with you and you're you're not sure where to start, you're overwhelmed, you're a little scared, you're not sure, you don't have a lot of financial acumen, guys, Jasper wrote a book, and there we go. I'll get it in focus on the camera if you're watching on the camera. Uh, if you're not watching on YouTube, the book is The Build Wealth Challenge. And I will have a link in the show notes, in the descriptions. Guys, this is a short book. This is not a thick book. This is like, what is this? 45 pages, I think. Because it's not a book in the traditional sense. It's a step-by-step -step guide to start getting your finances in order, guys. He, he didn't write some novel that you're going to fall asleep right, reading because it's all about money. No, he wrote you a step-by-step one challenge after the uh, after the other to start getting your financial house in order. It is it's it's a great work, man. I just I read through it and I was like, wait, this isn't a book. This is like just a how to manual. I could have used this three years ago. Like seriously, I could have used this three years ago. This this would have been such a step forward for me because I I spent over two years just diving into learning about finances. I knew nothing about it, guys. Save yourself the work, okay? I will have a link for it. This is a great foundational starting point to get you in the right direction. And then you can dive even deeper in and go talk to Jasper. We'll have all his connections in the show notes below. Jasper, what is the most important takeaway you want someone to hear today from this show? Work hard until expensive becomes cheap. I don't know what that means for you, but that's for you to define. And that's a conversation starter that I have. And yes, I have it on a t-shirt, it's in my merch store, but I started running with that because 
they're just things you want to do. They're like, ah, just if I could afford it, but what if you could? <laughs> so keep working. Well, do what you got to do to make those things a reality. We dream and fantasize about them. Let's start doing the work and make it happen. And if I can help in any capacity, I'm here. I don't have to be the one you use, but at least you got to think about that a little bit more. Like, I can do this. And you can do it with a little bit of help. So. Jasper, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today, man, and uh, visit with my audience. Guys, the answer is Bumblebee. If you remember the question, go back to the beginning. Has to do with Harry Potter. You will be up on your Harry Potter tri trivia far above anybody else. Dumbledore's name comes from the old English for Bumblebee. There you go. I, I have a Harry Potter trivia pursuit. Those questions are stupidly hard, man. Like, I'm a huge Harry Potter fan, and those questions are stupidly hard. But guys, work hard until expensive becomes cheap. That's, that's a, just a beautiful statement, man. Thank you for sharing that. As always, be better tomorrow because of what you do today, and we'll see you on the next one, guys. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.